challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Well, gentlemen, let's begin. Thanks for being with me here in the Great Man Podcast. Let's dive right in as I always like to do. I want to talk to you about something pretty fiercely in this podcast. Uh, It's going to take a little balance, going to take a little understanding on your part, so you don't think I'm just trashing the entire subject (laughs) that I'm talking about, but I want to caution you about something. I want to caution you about it because, frankly, we're just human beings, but also because I'm seeing certain trends uh, amongst in the the wonderful men's movement that's happening in the world uh, that I want to challenge in this particular area. And I want to talk to you about alcohol. Now, in order to establish who I am in this regard, uh, let me tell you that I am not opposed to the consumption of alcohol. So um, let me be a little bit more personal about that than I normally would be in a podcast. Um, I absolutely drink alcohol. It's well documented now because I wrote a book about Guinness beer. So it's become known the world over that I don't like the taste of beer. Uh, And so some people can conclude from that, that I am uh, anti-alcohol or that I don't drink. I do. And I'm happy to make that make it the level to which I drink uh, uh, available to you in this podcast so I can make my broader points. Um, the, I believe that the consumption of alcohol is perfectly fine. Uh, it is drunkenness that is decried in scripture, which is what I use to align my life. I consider the Bible to be uh, God's revelation uh, and also that I think is ethical and wise. So the consumption of alcohol is not an error. It's not wrong. It's not unwise as long, of course, uh, as a man doesn't have uh, a history or a genetic uh, lean towards alcoholism. If you've got a long train of alcoholics in your family, you should probably shouldn't be drinking. In my case, I don't. And so there's not really a day that goes by. It's, let me just say it this way. There's, it's rare that a day goes by that I don't have at least a glass of wine. Bev is a gourmet cook. Um, we have wine with almost every meal she cooks. Um, we basically do protein bars and, and eat light during the day. And then at night, whether we're out or at home, we normally have a drink. I occasionally have a cocktail in addition to that. If we're doing something, um, you know, social, it's, et cetera. Last night we ate dinner, uh, at, at a wonderful restaurant in DC called old Ebbett, one of my favorites. Yes, I had a cocktail. So that's kind of how my life is. Um, I'll have a glass of wine. I'll occasionally have a cocktail. I'll occasionally have a margarita with Mexican food. You're probably thinking, Mansfield, why are you telling us about your drinking habits? Because I'm about to hit something pretty hard, and I want you to know that I'm not a prude, and I, I'm not just uh, you know some kind of anti-alcohol reformer. Um, I think that wine, as the scripture says, is the gift of God. Um, I honor those who don't drink. Many of my friends don't drink, um, not because of religious commitments, but because of their own um, alcoholics DNA uh, or genetics coming down through their family line. They're wise not to. And some of them say, please, Stephen, have a glass of wine when we're having dinner together. I'm just not going to. And so you understand how my culture is. That's how we live. Um, and, you know, at the same time, I'll go on a road trip and we'll be with people who don't drink. And I won't drink for a week. And it's just no big deal. It's not some driving passion. But it is a grace. There are certain health benefits to it. We enjoy it. Uh, it's not just only not only permitted, it's actually encouraged in Scripture. 
Uh, again, I refer to that. I know many of you who listen to this podcast aren't Christians. Fine, but I'm speaking as a Christian, as you know, and I know you're not offended by that. So that's where I am. That's what I believe about alcohol. And I enjoy a good glass of wine or a Manhattan or a margarita from time to time, just like everybody else on the planet and have never in my life been drunk. Uh, fortunately, I just don't have that lean and, um, and observe certain boundaries. Now, what concerns me in the men's movement that I'm seeing worldwide is not the consumption of alcohol, but an attitude that comes from freedom to enjoy alcohol that is making alcohol too central to our experience. You know, when I was growing up, both my parents would have a cocktail or a drink at the end of the day. Normally, it was a glass of wine for my mom and a beer for my father. They had one. That was it. It was just part of life. Nobody misbehaved. Nobody, you know, dad didn't pour himself a beer and a frosted mug at the end of the day when he got home and start behaving differently because tee hee, you know, I can have a drink and my mother would be incensed or something like that. It was just a normal part of life woven into the fabric of life. Nobody misbehaved. Nobody went crazy. Nobody started dropping the F-bomb or speaking nasty about people or going weird because they'd had something to drink. It wasn't central. It was just a grace of life. It was like dessert. It was like sitting outside during a sunset. It was like a long walk on a cool evening. It was just part of the beauty and the grace of life. But nobody was wrapping their behavior around it or acting like it was the center of life. What I'm noticing in the men's movement is that I think that some guys who perhaps are newly coming to alcohol or newly getting freed from some religious restrictions um, or finding that men enjoy it. And when men get together, they often have a, a whiskey or, or, or whatever, bourbon or whatever. Um, and, and again, as I've said, that's fine. As far as I understand, as far as my ethics are, I believe that's fine. What's bothering me is the centrality of it. What's bothering me is the way men talk about it. Like it's the meaning of life. Hey, 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 who's got the booze for tonight? Hey, you know, what are we going to get? Which one do we have? Come on, man. Can't wait to pour ourselves some brown water and so on. Now, listen, I've got friends who talk that way and they don't mean anything illicit. So just if you're, if you're one of my friends who's thinking, gosh, I wonder if Steven's hammering me for talking about brown water. No, I'm talking about a value system. I'm talking about a culture. I'm talking about a way of living that talks about booze um, like somehow it is the meaning of the end of the day. Like we get up in the morning, can't wait to get to a drink. Um, can't wait to have that men's retreat because late at night we're going to light up some stogies and have some booze. Fine if you do. But if the, if the whole feeling of the thing, if the way you talk, the way you think with what, if what's really going on in your soul is you can't wait to get there. Well, number one, you may have a problem. Number two, you've got to be careful not to have alcohol as uh, a prime motive, as a prime driving force in your life. Again, drink or don't drink. Don't get drunk. Don't get gushy. Don't get squishy. Um, don't don't get you know weird so that you're driving oddly and be misbehaving. If you can't have a glass of wine over dinner without somehow feeling like it's sanctioned for you to talk nasty and get weird, get sexual, and get stupid, then you shouldn't be drinking. And if you guys, if some of you guys can't have a men's gathering on somebody's back porch or out at the cabin or out at the lake or wherever you're getting together. 
And you can't have 19 conversations on the way talking about when you finally pop over the open the Jack Daniels, then you've, you, you, you got it. It's too central in your life. And, I, and I'm concerned. Sometimes I'll go, to, I'll go to men's events. I get invited up to a guy's room. When I get there, there's this table that just looks like a bunch of high school kids lost their stinking minds. And it's just covered with booze bottles. And, and guys are just coming in the room like, ah, oh, couldn't have been waiting for this all day kind of thing. You understand I'm talking about a balance here. That's why I started by disclosing my level of alcohol consumption. I'm talking about a level, a a culture. I'm talking about a drive. I'm talking about a force out of our souls that pushes us toward it. You've got to be careful. And one of the reasons, uh, of course, you've got to be careful about your behavior. You've got to be careful about um, what might actually be driving in your soul. You can build an addiction even if you don't have a genetic lean towards that addiction. So be careful about all of that. But the other thing is what we're passing on to the next generations. Uh, you've probably heard the phrase that one generation's habits becomes another generation's vice or the next generation's vice. And I'm concerned about what we're modeling for the next generation. Um, I'm my, my children are all in their thirties and we have a glass of wine and, and we, we, we enjoy the, again, the tasteful, not no pun intended, uh, tasteful balance and consumption of alcohol. We'll have Thanksgiving dinner together, uh, here in a while. Yes, there'll be, a, I'm sure a good white wine on the table. And, and, and that's, that's fine. But if my children see me talking constantly about booze or hear me talking constantly about booze, if they see booze on every table of my house, if they, if they just feel me almost living for cocktail hour or for five o'clock or for happy hour, if, you know, I don't even have to be drinking too much, but if I'm constantly talking about it, constantly valuing it, constantly mentioning it, uh, constantly acting like when it's poured that it's going to be salvation in some way, well, I am setting them up for a bondage in their life that is destructive. So what I've never been able to understand, given my background with alcohol, raised in Europe, raised by um, I guess you would call them social drinking parents who never misbehaved until uh, my mother later in life. But I'm talking about when I was being raised, um, never misbehaved because of alcohol and didn't let us drink until we were uh, of age. Um, you know, I've never understood the the behind this, the, the, the high school gym, tee hee, look what we've got kind of attitude towards alcohol amongst mature adults. Um, find to enjoy it, find to let it grace, grace your life. I'm speaking both as a Christian and just as a man who wants healthy men in the world. Um, but I want you to look at your life and see if there's some big drive, if alcohol is moving center for you, if it's something you think about, if it's something you maybe fantasize a lot about a little bit, look at your conversations, you bands of brothers, check each other out. Again, I'm not being a prude here. I'm all for you guys getting together and pouring a beer if that's what you want to do. First of all, five or six beers is too much, but I'm more going after the culture. I'm more going after the priority of alcohol in your heart, in your life, and in the culture you share with other men. Uh, I'm watching churches that have great men's movements going on in them, great men's ministries, uh, and then they do retreats. But but when maybe they pick me up at the airport and when we drive out to the to the event, the the, the, the drinking that's going to happen later that night, and again, this is largely by guys who probably didn't grow up drinking and then and then decided it was okay according to their faith, they're talking about it like like <laughs> Like heroin addicts, dude, can't wait to get high. Can you fix me up? You know, I mean, it's just odd and it indicates a problem. 
whatever you're talking about, whatever is of ultimate concern, as Paul Tillich taught us, whatever is of ultimate concern in your life becomes a religion to you. And that's what I'm asking. Are you making a bit of religion in addition to your, your other major religion, your Christianity or whatever your, your faith is, your Judaism? Are you making a religion out of booze? Again, the guy talking here is a guy who, who does drink alcohol, but I'm, 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 I'm not putting that down. I'm decrying making it central. I'm decrying uh, talking about it constantly with your friends as though, dude, we're going to get high tonight. It's going to be awesome. That kind of, the kind of thing we would have done in high school with a Playboy magazine or our first cigarette. You know, now, good Lord, we're in our 40s, 50s, 60s and talking about alcohol like, like, like somehow it's a panacea, like, like if somehow it's, or it's some guilty, hidden, illegal pleasure that we're all going to enjoy. So let's whisper about its virtues to each other. I'm hammering this hard because I want us, if we, if you want to enjoy uh, alcohol at a light and, and sort of grace of life level, but when you make it central, when you make it a religion, you're heading for addiction. You're modeling something terrible for the next generation. And frankly, it's deforming the culture of manhood. Uh, noble manhood is, is, is about living the life God's given us to live, being the men we're called to be, serving others, understanding our distinctives of, as men and what we need and helping each other in a band of brothers. Um, it's not about a sudden license to light up cigars and drink whiskey. Now, if that's part of your life, great, but just don't make it the center of your life. Don't make it some guilty pleasure. Don't act like a heroin dealer in the you know backwaters of some urban environment. Uh, and it's weird the way that's happening in the men's movement. So again, because I'm being so harsh, I want to lighten it up here a little bit at the end. Enjoy alcohol as God intended, a grace of life. To gladden the heart, as scripture says, it's fine. Glass of wine for dinner, occasional cocktail, fine. But has it moved to the center? Has it become a priority? When you look around your house, do you see bottles everywhere? Do you have stuff hidden? Uh, When you maybe used to have had a glass of wine once a month, are you now having three or four a night? Um, Has the label, the brand, the the discussion of alcohol just become a big thing in your life. I'm cautioning you. I'm not worried about all of you becoming alcoholics. I am concerned about us making this too central. I am encouraged, uh, concerned uh, a little bit about some of the calories we're ingesting, uh, some of us. But I'm mainly concerned about our hearts and what we might be passing to the next generation. So it'll shock some of you to hear me say this. Drink to the glory of God in moderation in wisdom, as something on the periphery of life, and watch that it moves to the center of your life, watch that it doesn't move to the center of your life, and that you're not inadvertently passing something on to the next generation that will hold them in bondage and that you will regret. So use alcohol wisely. It can be a nice addition and grace of life. It can even have physical benefits. We're learning from scientists. Um, it is made to gladden the heart. It is made to grace celebrations. Uh, if Unless you have a lean towards alcoholism, use it and use it wisely. But let's be aware of this trend in the global men's movement towards moving alcohol to like some kind of doobie we're passing around the high school homeroom um, it's becoming weird and ridiculous and be very aware of what we're modeling for the next generation that we are meant to send forth to engage the enemies of their generation 
as mighty warriors training them and preparing them. This is one of the arts of great manhood. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men and Building Your Band of Brothers, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.